0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of
1: Paseo del Rey Church in Chula Vista,
0: California. We invite you to open up your Bibles as we join Pastor Gary Bowman for today's message. Morning, Paseo del Rey. So we are going to uh, learn to fight dirty, right? And uh, like Faustin um, we want to bring clean water. I don't think most of us worry about where our next uh, cl- uh, glass of clean water is going to come from. But for one out of eight people around the globe, that's a real concern. And uh, God wants us to be part of, of that change. And so here's a, um, a 20-liter jug, and I do need two arms to get it up. It weighs 44, 44 pounds. And um, this um, is what... All around the world. In fact, I think we've got a picture of um, uh, some kids on a bike, actually. Uh, You'll see they'll stack these up, sometimes higher than that, and uh, go miles to fetch water and then bring it back and make that trip several times in a day. And uh, those bikes go very, very quickly downhill, and they go very, very slowly uphill. And actually, they'll sometimes have three or four or five people pushing those up a hill, and all around the third world, you'll see these kind of uh, um, containers that people go to get clean water in. Um, so it's about um, uh, about five gallons of water in that jug, and I invite you after church to come up here and lift this, and you see the kids carrying them on their heads, you see the kids carrying them on their bikes, you see women uh, carrying them uh, for great distance. I just encourage you to come up here and kind of take a feel of that and see what it's like. The... Um, uh, uh, it takes about 20 liters of water a day on average to provide for people's um, drinking and cooking and hygiene needs. So one of these a day is about adequate, Of uh, 20 liters is about adequate. In Rwanda, the average person uses about five liters a day. So the average is 20. Uh, What's needed is about 20. The average Rwandan uses five liters a day. And the reason for that is the scarcity and how difficult it is to get the water to them. And Americans, uh, Rwandan use five liters a day. uh, Americans average 575 liters a day of water. So you see this disparity, you know, this huge disparity uh, around the world. And sometimes when they go to get the water, it looks very clean when they go to get it. Sometimes it looks filthy. They get it right out of these polluted rivers. But other times it looks very clean. But the problem, of course, with the water are invisible little nasty bugs. And these little bugs are not cute. They're horrendous, and they are mean, and they kill. Um, Dirty water is the leading cause of of death of children, under five years old around the world. Uh, half of the patients that are in hospitals today are there because of waterborne diseases. Uh, half of the people that are in the hospital this morning are there because they can't get access to clean uh, drinking water. And in fact, every 20 seconds around the world, every 20 seconds, a child dies from a waterborne disease. So that means since we began to worship the Lord this morning. The drums started and the guitars started and the screens went up. About 80 children have died because of water-borne diseases. And diarrhea, something that for Americans is, a, is a, an annoyance uh, oftentimes, it kills, uh, uh, through water disease, it kills about uh, one and a half million children around the world uh, uh, each year and, and it 's simply because of these little bugs that are living in the water, and so what we want to do here at Paseo del Rey is we want to fight dirty and we want to bring uh, in this case to the, to people in Rwanda uh, not only not only clean water but we want to bring to them the living water of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So as we'll take a look at a couple more pictures here just real quick. Here's a family that I got to visit with this last August when I was in Rwanda. And this is a family who have received one of these SAM Three water filters, uh, about, a, about $50 worth of hard parts. Um, they, they sell these. Uh, uh, they ask for a donation of $100 for each of these. They'll last about 10 years if they're used properly. And one of the cool things is these filters are shipped, uh, and and they're shipped in, the buckets are shipped separate than the innards, so it's more, a lot more um, efficient, and they're given to groups of churches in Rwanda, and those churches then find the most vulnerable people in the community, and people from the church are trained, and they'll go out, and they'll go to the home of a family that needs uh, clean drinking water, and uh, which is almost everyone, and they'll um, share the gospel with them, and then they'll uh, show them uh, how this water filter is operated, and 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 then they say, "Hey, in the next three months, we're going to come back three times. We're going to make sure you know how to backwash it properly so that it lasts ten years." And then each time they come back, they tell the gospel story, and so it's this living water, clean water and this living water that um, we're part of in fighting. Uh, dirty that's there so uh, in um, so here's here's this family that I got to visit with and hear some stories about the difference that this water filter had made theirs is not in their, theirs is not clear as ours is but um, uh, the difference it's made in their family let's take a look at the next uh, picture here if we could let's see so two weeks from yesterday right here at Paseo Del Rey Church we're going to build the innards just the insides uh, these are some of the innards we're going to assemble these parts two weeks from yesterday, Saturday, November 19th, from um, 10 a.m. to about 1. And we're going to be assembling these parts. It's PVC. We'll be using glue. Uh, come dress dirty and uh, be ready to get dirty and to, so that we can really fight dirty together. And this is a project that people of all ages, with adult supervision, uh, all ages are invited to come and be part with us as we put these filters the innards of these filters, and then the innards are, sh- are shipped separately uh, f- from this. And so we, we just really invite you to come and be, and be with us on that day, bring uh, other friends with you if you'd like, and share this uh, so that we can indeed be part of this bringing clean and bringing living water to the people of Rwanda. Now, I, there's a question that, that I would just, I hope that some of you wrestle with, and that is, why go all the way to Rwanda when there's a lot of needs right here in Chula Vista, right here in San Diego and National City and just right across the border. So why don't we just put all of our hunker down and put all of our resources right here um, in our community and in our world. And, um, you know, there's people uh, living under the bridges in Sweetwater River Valley. There's people under the overpasses. Uh, chula vista is one of the leading uh, cities in the united states for uh, sex trafficking Um, there's there's gang violence that we could be part of and bringing a solution to Uh, there's um, uh, unwanted pregnancies in, in chula vista area there's women are abused children are abused right here in san diego there's maybe people in your own home who don't know jesus christ and um, and I know on my block there are several people that don't know Jesus Christ and probably on your block as well and probably at your school or your gym and at, at your, the store that you shop at. And so why not, why not let's, let's just spend all of our energy and all of our time and all of our resources right here. And, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a question that we ought to wrestle with and um, that you ought to think about. So why in the world would we travel halfway around the globe to Rwanda um, when there are just lots and lots of needs right here? And I think that the Bible, and I think Jesus has answers to that question, and the answer is simply this, is that we are on full-time mission right here in our own communities, that we turn up the heat on our being involved in our community for the gospel more and more and more but at the very same time, simultaneously, we go to the ends of the earth. We don't do one and neglect the other, and we don't do a um, a halfway job with one and and kind of a halfway job with the other, but that we do both, and we do both really well in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want us to turn this morning to the book of Acts, uh, chapter 1, because I think the book of Acts, uh, chapter 1, just gives us a great great picture of this balance. It's on page 1090 of the Bible that's down there in front of you. And I think one of the what I think what we're learning these two or three, four weeks that we're thinking about these kinds of things together is we we learn it there they're on your message outline if you want to follow along. The reason that we minister in in our full-time mission here and that we minister in our full-time mission to the ends of the earth there's just kind of there's kind of four reasons that we're looking at the first is that jesus has given us an amazing picture of the future reality that we have that one day you and i as believers in jesus christ will gather around the throne of the lamb the lamb who's a lion the lion who's a lamb And we're going to worship him and adore him and explore his love and explore his joy. And his joy is just going to get more joyful and more joyful. And his love is going to get deeper and deeper and deeper as we delve into it for all of eternity. And around that throne of Jesus, as we saw two weeks ago in the book of Revelation, chapter 4 and 5, will be people, not just at Chula Vista, And not just of National City and Spring Valley and Imperial Beach and San Diego. And not just people of Mexico. Oh, yes, they're going to be there. And we're part of that. We're a strategic, important part of that. But people from every tribe and every nation and every language around the world. And unless we go with that message, if we just hunker down and keep it here, then those people, if the Lord were to come back now, would not be around that throne. And so it's this awesome future picture that Jesus has given us that, that fuels us and that we live in anticipation for. And it fuels us to be on mission here and all around the world. And the second thing Pastor Derek shared with us last Sunday from, God, from Matthew chapter 25 is that we've got the goods I love how the NIV says it. It says that uh, we've got bags of gold that God has given every single follower of his bags of gold or talents or tools or resources. And if you're a believer, you have the tools and the resources that God intends for you to have. And together as a body of Christ, when we work together together, when we, when we serve one another and we reach out and serve others, the church, the local church, has all of the resources and all of the tools and all of the giftedness that's needed to affect its community and to affect the ends of the earth. And then the third thing that we're going to see is that Jesus repeatedly gives a clear and straightforward command that um, um, uh, how we are to live and be, until Jesus comes back. And Jesus just makes it absolutely crystal clear. Uh, I went over to um, Costco yesterday, which is always a dangerous thing to do on a Saturday afternoon, and I stopped in at Costco, and I just, it was just amazing. I was just kind of moving right along, and this 65-inch 4K curved color television set jumped into my basket i mean i just couldn't even help it it just it just jumped into my is it said, i'm yours only 1292 dollars, and no uh, it didn't jump into my basket but april i really would like one of those for christmas if you no i no, guess not yeah not gonna happen this year huh uh, that's a good thing but you know you can't go into costco without seeing these pictures that are like living aren't they I did. I went up in front of a 65-inch 4K television, and it was like I could walk right into it. It was an amazing picture. That's what Jesus' command is like. Just like you can't walk into Costco and say, hey, do you guys have any TVs here? You know what I mean? Because they just just confront uh, uh, you, right? You can't ever say, Jesus, what is it you want me to do? He just gives us this 4K 65-inch clear, concise, unambiguous command not to live the American dream, not a little bit of Jesus and a lot for me, but for us to lay our lives down so that others near us at trolley trestles right here in Chula Vista and in Belize and in Mexico and in Kazakhstan, that they might know the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ And on and on and on beyond that. And so Jesus says to us either you got three options. You can go, or you can send, or you can what? Disobey. Those are the three options, and they're just absolutely crystal clear. And then the fourth thing that we're gonna see again this morning is that we don't go on our own power. We go on the power of God himself. We go in the power of the Holy Spirit, who God gives to every single believer. And he has given us more power than we ever, would, we ever could need. Um, uh, so let's look now at Acts chapter 1, uh, at this great story where Derek left us. Derek left there last week, and the apostles were staring up into the skies, right? Right? And Derek said, stop staring in the skies, because that's what the angels said, and go. Go, send, or disobey. It's just absolutely crystal clear. So here we are in Acts chapter one. Let me get there too, and verse, verse one. Luke is the author of the book of Acts, and he's, he's giving us a little background in verse one. He says, in my former book, Theophilus, now his former book was the gospel of Luke. And in fact, Luke writes more of the New Testament than any other human author. If you just do a word count, most of us, would. if I were to ask you, who wrote more of the New Testament than anyone else, what what would you have all said? Paul, yeah. But if you just do a word count, and I haven't done it, but my computer has, of just sheer words, sentences, Luke wrote more of the New Testament than than the apostle Paul. So Luke says, in my former book, that is um, uh, uh, the Gospel of Luke, Theophilus, now, Theophilus is a proper name. It means a lover of God. And Luke probably had a patron or a sponsor who supported him while he wrote these books. So someone came to him and said, Luke, you know, you've got a lot of insider information um, and the Holy Spirit is inside of you. I want to support you. I want to help pay for your housing and your food. And then I want to help to disseminate what you write and have scribes copy it and distribute it out. And so Paul, uh, Luke is thanking Theophilus. He says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. That's a good summary of the gospel, right? And that's what he'd written in his previous book. Verse three, now after his suffering, he presented himself to them... The them, what's the antecedent? It's his apostles. After his suffering, he presented himself to his apostles and he gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So Jesus suffers, he's buried three days, uh, he suffers, he's buried three days later, he raises from the dead. And then for the next forty days, Jesus hangs around planet Earth, and he he sets up a postgraduate school, and I love it. I, I've got more education than I'm ever going to use, but this is the one course I would I would trade all the rest of the courses I could have. Could you imagine hanging around Jesus for forty days after? He, all that he's done, he died on the cross, he suffered death, and he's risen from the dead. Could you imagine what that teaching would be like? Sitting around for Jesus as he teaches us about the kingdom, as he taught his followers, his disciples, about the kingdom of God. That must have just been awesome. Forty days, over six weeks of solid teaching. I bet they didn't take a spring break. I bet they didn't, I bet they didn't take weekends off. Teach us more, Jesus. Tell us what it's about. And what he was teaching them about was how his kingdom was to rule and reign in their lives, to rule and reign in their emotions and in their temperament, in their priorities, in their, in their, uh, in their intellect, in their, uh, uh, in their hearts, in their choices, in their priorities. He was teaching about how the kingdom of God would reign in their lives even when the world around them was nutty and crazy, right? Right? Yeah, we need some of that, right? Because we're living in a pretty nutty and crazy day, right? And I cannot wait for this coming Wednesday. Amen? Amen. We're living just in this nutty, crazy thing. And next Wednesday, guess who's still going to be on the throne? Jesus, right? And next Sunday, I'm going to bring a message. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. Uh, but I've already written it, basically, because it doesn't matter who gets elected. It matters. And, and, and if you're going to vote, then vote for the person that God has put on your heart to vote for. Think through the issues. Think through all of the issues. Don't live in an echo chamber and just listen to whatever news that you always listen to and never listen to the other news. Don't, that's not good. That's not wise as Christians to live in an echo chamber. But if, if, if you choose to vote... And there's more than two people running for president, I hope you noticed. And so if you've chosen to vote, and you vote for whoever you vote for, and whoever, next Sunday, I'm going to talk about Jesus and last Tuesday. That's what I'm going to preach on next Sunday. Because we got clear instructions. And it's not to keep bashing whoever the new president's going to be, right? I'm tired of hearing myself being critical of the candidates. And I'm tired of hearing some of you being critical of the candidates too. And I'm tired of the emails and the blog posts and the, all of that stuff. And we're going to stop that because God gives us clear instructions how to treat our leaders. And so we're going to talk about that next Sunday. You may not want to come next Sunday. <laughs> I'm not coming. So I don't, I don't know. So now I'm going to tell you who to vote for. Okay, I'm going to tell you who to vote. I usually don't do this. Jesus. Amen. Because he's going to rule and reign. So that's what this six weeks of postgraduate education—this is postdoctorate education—that these guys got here. So, uh, uh, so on one occasion, verse four, and I think this was the fortieth day. If you read further in the text, you'll see why I think that. So, probably on the fortieth day, while he was eating with them. I love that. Jesus eats with his disciples. Man, eating together is good stuff. There's something happens when you have a cup of coffee or a 9,000-calorie cinnamon roll in front of you. I mean, amen? Besides the coma that you go into afterwards, there's just something good about eating together. When uh, we were in Belize, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, uh, last weekend, and uh, Carl Miller and, and me, And uh, we, uh, one of the things we noticed, we were were driving down the road on Saturday night, and and there's a a little lady that's got a TV tray, and she's selling homemade tortillas. And then a block down the road, there's another fellow that's got a little shanty, and he's selling Coca-Colas. And then another block down the way, uh, someone's selling tamales right on the road. And the people kind of just nosh their way. They kind of graze their way up and down the street. And they're just always eating together. And that's just... That's so New Testament. That's good for you. You know, if you're, if you're, I hope you're in a growth group. And I just want to encourage your growth groups. Eat together. And, and uh, by the way, don't make it fancy. Because if you make it fancy, then the person who makes the meal the next week feels like they got to make it fancier. And then the next week, they got to make it fancier. And then that's when I get into your growth group. Because I'm really into that, you making it fancier. Don't make it. Make it simple. Make it spaghetti and butter. Just spaghetti, noodles, and butter. That's just all, that's, that's all you need to have for dinner. I mean, for a growing boy, you know? Make it a simple salad. Just, but eat together. There's something that happens. Jesus knew it, and we should know it too. So start doing that in your growth group. Uh, so on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about and all of you are going out there you're out there saying haha Gary see I told you Jesus told me to stay home Jesus told me to hunker down you keep talking Gary you're crazy you keep saying go 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 sin 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 and what's Jesus say stay in Jerusalem don't leave Jerusalem that's that's where they're living right well you need to understand and well not only that but stay in Jerusalem and collect a lot of presents right Because he says there's this present coming from the Father. The UPS truck's pulling up with that 65-inch 4K television set for you. So, man, stay home. Live the American dream. Buy bigger, buy shinier, buy newer, buy more. That's what Jesus says, right? Gary, said, you guys say to me, some of you say to me, I got a verse, don't leave. Stay right where you are. Jerusalem is where they were. You need to understand something about Jerusalem is Jerusalem was the most dangerous place in the world for the followers of Jesus to be. Why? They just killed his, Jesus. They didn't like Jesus. Seriously, right? They executed him. And they didn't, not only didn't like Jesus, but they didn't like his followers. So when Jesus told them to stay there, they were go, oh, couldn't we go to Palm Springs? I mean, couldn't we go anywhere else? Couldn't we go to Haifa? Couldn't we go down to Joppa? Can we go to anywhere but Jerusalem, Jesus? You know, Galilee is great this time of year. Let's just head on up there. He said, stay in Jerusalem until you get this present. They're going, okay, we'll stay until the UPS truck shows up. Um, so let's, let's go forward with the verse. He says, "For verse 5 John baptized you with water, but in a few days, here's the present that the, Jesus is going to send from the Father. You'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You're going to be drenched, and God Himself, God Himself, is going to come and set up camp inside of you. He's going to live inside of you and give you new desires and give you new power. He's going to come, and God himself is going to come and live inside of you in just a few more days. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days, in a few days, 10 days to be more precise, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Oh, so they hear spirit, and they think, oh, good. Things are going to get better for us. Because when the Spirit comes, good things happen. So they start thinking, well, what's the good thing that's going to happen for us? See, they're just like us what's in it for me? So they're thinking, oh good, the Spirit's going to come. So something really good's going to happen. Because every time the Spirit comes in the Old Testament, it's just really good. (gasps) I know what it is. John, you know what it is? He's going to restore the kingdom to us Jews. We deserve it after all. We're the best So he's going to make Israel great again. That's what he's going to do. He's going to make us the the, the center of everything. And so that's exactly what they asked him. Then they gathered around him, verse 6, and asked him, Lord, good, are are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? You see, see, it's all about us, right? Right? What am I going to get out of this? Oh, Jesus, you've finally seen the light. And you're going, to, you're going to sweep in here and you're going to knock our oppressors, these Romans, flat on their behinds so us Jews can raise back up. That's what. Oh, God, you're so good. Oh, I'm going to follow you everywhere. See, it's all about us. Now, I want you to know that Israel will be lifted high. There's a time coming. And Jerusalem will be the center of all the nations. And in the book of Isaiah and all kinds of other places, but in Isaiah 1 and 2, the believers, believers in Jesus from all over the world are going to flock to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem, it says in Isaiah 2, will be lifted up as the highest hill. I can't wait for that. That's one of the reasons I love going to Jerusalem. Because one day, this city is going to be lifted. This city, this Physical city is going to be lifted high, high above. That's going to happen. And in and, and, and Jerusalem, there will be Christians, people who follow Christ, that used to be Muslims. And there's going to be Democrats and Republicans who follow Jesus who come. I know some of you find that really hard to believe. Uh, whatever side of the aisle you're on there. Right or the left, right? Right or the left. Okay. Or, and there's going to be gays and transgenders and straights who have come to know Jesus Christ in their life they're going to be in heaven there's going to be tutsis and hutus from rwanda and there's going to be belgians the belgians are every color imaginable it's awesome isn't it they're just they're the most beautiful hue of people i've ever seen in my life and and those who have come to know jesus they're going to come to jerusalem so jesus says listen don't worry about israel i've got it under control as always and he said to them it's not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority stop trying to guess when i'm gonna come back um remember it was about five or six years ago that some christian uh told us what day not just the year but the day that jesus was coming back you remember that guy on the radio i think or on tv or something or another. And uh, I remember the day because our son, Joel, was graduating from Cal State Sacramento that very day. So we went to the, I didn't know if we'd get to go to the graduation or not. Had our airplane tickets bought and everything. It was kind of a bummer. I think Southwest usually gives you your money back, though, don't they, if you're not able to make the flight? And so we go up there, and he graduates, and then they have this big party in a backyard some up, uh, up there. And, you know, people knew I was a pastor. That somehow leaks a lot of times. And so they're asking me, you think that Jesus is coming back today? No, I don't think he's coming back today. And well, well, why not? Because the Bible says Jesus doesn't even know the day. And there's something really, can we stop whispering now? There's something really important that has to happen before he comes back. What's that? The gospel has to be preached to every tongue and every tribe before he comes back. Well, where do you get that? Funny place, in the Bible. Hold your finger in Acts and go to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24. Jesus is talking. This is where Derek was last week, 24 and 25. And I just opened to it, and I have a heading, the day and the hour unknown. But before that, as he's talking about it, verse Chapter 24 of Matthew, verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all peoples, and then the end will come. So to my friends in Sacramento, four or five years ago, whenever that silly thing was, has the gospel been preached to every tongue and every tribe? Not hardly. A a, a third of the world has never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. A third of the people groups of the world have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's go back to the book of Acts. He said to them, it's not for you to know the time or the dates the Father has said, but I do have something even more important for you to know. But you, verse eight, I love the buts in the Bible. Watch for my book coming out on that. Verse eight, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And that power is to make you my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. It's my power that will come upon you. And so I've given you this vision of the future, right? I've given you this absolutely clear command. I've given you all the resources you need and I've given you the power. I drive H Street all the time back and forth to our house church to the house and um, about a month or so ago they're building a new aquatic center right at the corner a huge they're building two 50 meter pools out there it's going to be beautiful at southwestern college and so right at the corner of h street east h street and otai lakes road they're building this big thing and they have these big huge concrete walls that are i don't know how tall they're 40 I'm, I'm guessing they're 40 feet tall they're just they're huge and I was thinking, they had them laid out there. I'm thinking, how are they going to tilt those babies up? So one day I'm coming along, I thought, oh, I'll stop and go give them a hand. <laughs> so I went over there. I said, hey, let me give you guys a hand here. So let's get some more guys over here. Some, let's get some of the strong women over here. Let's get, you, know, you could get all of Southwestern College there. And you, couldn't even, you, could go to, you could go to Home Depot and rent a tool, and you still couldn't lift that thing. So one day as I'm driving to the office, I see four flatbed semi trucks coming really slow up H Street, and on the back of these four flatbed trucks, uh, semi trucks, is this crane in four different parts? This huge—I've never seen a crane this big—and they took it out there and they assembled this crane because it's too big just to carry it around town. And um, I took a couple of days off of work, by the way, and and. And then, you know, they got this crane. This thing reached to the moon. It was massive. And then one guy, one guy got in the cab of that crane. And with his little finger. And this, this wall just went up. I could have done that. Just one little finger. What was it? It was power, right? What a hundred of us couldn't have done on our own, what a Home Depot forklift could have never done, what all the students at Southwestern College couldn't have done, the right kind of power. And you've got the right kind of power because you have God living inside of you to empower you and to change you and give you desires so that when you're on the soccer field and you're having a conversation about baseball or about soccer or about music or about the teachers at school or whatever it is you're having a conversation with another, with another parent, it's the Holy Spirit that says, hey, this is a place where I could begin to talk about Jesus. And it doesn't, the Holy Spirit doesn't make me any less nervous But I've prepared well and I'm ready. And the Holy Spirit gives me that desire and he gives me that opening. And even when I'm tongue-tied, and I get tongue-tied sharing my faith sometimes, even when I get tongue-tied sharing my faith, it's that power of the Holy Spirit who takes God's word and makes it alive in people's lives. That's the power you have. You don't need any more power than you already have. You've got this vision of what the future looks like. You've got all the resources you need. You've got a clear mandate. And you've got the power of God living inside of you. To be on mission here and to be on mission at the ends of the earth. Now Gary and Georgia Bell. I want to tell you a little about Gary and Georgia Bell. Here's a picture of them uh, with Carl on the left and me on the right. In front of a typical home in Belize. It rains a little bit in Belize. We told them how much rain we got here. And they said, is that in a day? You know, six, seven inches a day. That's what they get oftentimes. They they call them Passovers. They get less than 12 inches at a time. That's a Passover. It just kind of went by. And uh, so they need this kind of uh, raised kind of a house. So Gary and Georgia Bell. Gary was was 62 years old five years ago. Um, Lived in a house here in uh, National City. Nice house. Had a good job. Grandkids, kids here in town. What was it that caused Gary and Georgia to le- leave the comforts of S- S- Southern California? Family, comfort, lack of humidity. Belize is fairly humid, to say the least, and it has bugs. And what, what, what was it? It was the Holy Spirit, as Gary and Georgia, as God's word got deeper and deeper in their lives, that caused them to go with the gospel to the ends of the earth some of you are part of their sending team some of you pray for them paseo dore is part of their sending team we've sent uh, i think now four or five different teams down there uh, here was our team that was just down there in um september see pastor matt way up at the top and you see some of our kids mixed in there um and they went down and minister with the bells we'll take a look at the next one there um Legos are a new invention as far as the Belizeans are understood, understood it. And the, our team took a bunch of them down. And we, some of you gave us Legos, and we took them down when Carl and I were down there last week. And let's take a look at the next one here. Uh, oh, here's Maisie and uh, Isaiah. Isaiah or Isaac? Isaiah. Uh, uh, playing with some of the Rwandan kids there. And take a look at the next one. What do we have here? And uh, Joy and... Uh, Play, uh, playing with some of the rascals there on the floor, uh, at the at Gary and Georgia Bell's house, right? Is that at Bell's house? Somewhere else? At Nikki's kids' corner? I didn't see that carpet there. They probably have seen me eat before. So let's take a look at the next picture, then here too, and and Mary Lee with one of the rascals there as well, and then the next. So um, uh, Gary, uh, uh, Carl, and I went down there um, this uh, last week. And our goal was to go down with the Bells and to really work with them about their vision and then their strategy. And, you know, they, they just could not thank Paseo enough for sending Carl and sending me down there, just like they had every team that's gone down there. But they'd never had anyone come alongside them and help them to really think through what is our vision and focus that vision, and then what are the steps that we need to take to, to, to get to that preferred vision of God's future for us. And they were just so grateful. They're kind of renewed in their ministry interest. But you, but you see, the bells didn't just sit and wait and wonder, but they said, God... God, your command is absolutely clear. You've given us the resources. You've shown us the vision, and we have your Holy Spirit. And here they are at 67, and I'm not sure. I think George is about 37, and, as they, as they, and they're there ministering. And, and that could be you because you've got the same command on your life, and you have the same tools that you need, and you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And, and if it's not you that goes, then you need to be more involved as a sender And I'm not just saying just write a check occasionally. That's really, really needed. But but emailing and uh, following and finding out what their needs are. And then when they come home, you have them into your home for dinner. And you build relationship with them and encourage them. That's what a sender is. It's not just someone that just writes a check once. Well, that's needed. That's really important. We need to do more of that but to really love and be involved in their lives. One of the things that we're encouraging our growth groups to do is to consider taking one of our missionaries and support, being, that, being a key place of the support team. We've got about a dozen missionaries here at Paseo D'Arre, and for your growth group to consider saying, we're going to pray and ask God to show us which one, and we're going to really become the sender for them on that, on that menis- in, in their ministry. And, and and Gary and Georgia just understood the clear marching orders. And and here they are again in verse eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. You will tell others about me, show others about me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And, and, and here's what that means. Take a look at the map that we have here that Gary actually did for us. So from, from Jerusalem, the message goes out to Ju- Judea, and then it goes out further to Samaria where they didn't want to go to their enemies, and then it goes to the ends of the earth. And what's that mean for us? And so we just did another map. What's that look like from San Diego? This, this going and this sending work. Because we're pilgrims and we're disciple makers and we're gospel spreaders. And a third of the world has never heard about Jesus Christ. So we've got a huge task ahead of us. It's a doable task because God lives inside of us. If God didn't live inside of us through his Holy Spirit, this would be an impossible task. And I just, I just want to urge you and, and, and exhort you. What's your part in this? What's God have for you in this? Where does he want you to be? Where does he want you to go? Who does he want you to send? Who does he want you as a family or as an individual or growth group to be praying for that the Holy Spirit would lead and guide them? Well, we've got such a person right here in our midst, and we're going to invite uh, our good friend Aaron up here. Let's give Aaron a big <laughs> hand. Yahoo! Hey, bro. Now, Aaron has a last name, but we're not going to say it because this is uh, going to be on the World Wide Web. And uh, so I'm going to try not to say your last name, Aaron. Good. Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and Aaron is going to a country that we're not going to name either here. But if you look in your bulletin, I think you'll discover that. There's some clues there. And what his last name is. Aaron, you've been around Paseo del Rey since you were about 17. Yes,
1: yeah, so I've been here for a while. I've been a part of this family and... Uh, kind of in and out through college. Good. And you just graduated college. Yeah. Well, two years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost two years in December right. I graduated, so uh, I'm, I'm a little little out there, but... And God has called you
0: to work with the Foursquare Denomination, and you're going to be going uh, here in about a week, t- uh, ten days or so. Mm-hmm. You're going to be flying off to this other country. And why are you going? What's, what's your main goal these next couple of years, Aaron?
1: So... I'm going to the Middle East to, uh, first of all, focus on language, on, on learning the heart language of the people in the Middle East. God's called me to the refugees from Syria, uh, from Iraq, and uh, their, their plight that they're in. And, and God has called me to go to preach the gospel to them. Hmm. And so part of that, part of your
0: training, is really interesting, has had you in Detroit the last couple of months. Now... Were you buying a new car, or why were you in Detroit? I'm (laughs) not sure. Yeah. I don't know, but...
1: (laughs) Uh, So, I went to Detroit because there is a huge influx of refugees from Syria and from Iraq and Afghanistan, um, and still lots of immigrants coming from Yemen, from Bangladesh, uh, people from just all over the world, uh, in in Detroit and in the surrounding cities, uh, just a huge Muslim population, and, and a really... Awesome cultural place to be over there. So you've made some really good relationships. You've sat and drank tea late into the night with some of these new friends. I I sat for hours and drank tea with um, new friends from Syria who uh, had to flee. About three years ago, they fled Syria, and they walked for seven days through the desert to get to Jordan to get their family to safety. Mm -hmm. So...
0: And so now as you, as you go back to the Mideast here next week, um, you're going to have some, already some bridges. You're going to know some people who are yeah. from some of these same towns and just what yep. great contact that'll be.
1: Yeah, they introduced me uh, via social media uh, to their families, um, made connections so I can go and you know, meet my, my friend Mohammed's sister's family living over there. So it's amazing. Wow. Now after well, tell us why you think it 's so important that you learn the heart language, the mother language of these people. Why do you think that 's so important well god 's called me to uh, preach the gospel and to tell of his good news, tell of of his love and and for people uh, who otherwise might not have any chance of, of knowing Jesus to actually uh, be able to hear about who Jesus is and the only way that I'm going to be able to do that and to have, have a place to be able to speak the gospel and speak the truth uh, in love would, is to be able to speak their heart language. Mm-hmm. Well, we are going to be praying for
0: you. Paseo Del Rey is part of Aaron's Sending Church. And, and several of you as individuals are, are, are be part of that sending team as well. And if you'd like to know more about that, we'll have some information in the bulletin how you can be connected. But, Aaron, we would love this morning to pray you off. You leave on the 14th. Mm-hmm. And um, we want to pray you off and just and send you in God's power. So we've asked some of our, our elders and um, uh, some of our missions team to come on up. And let's, might we step right up there? And uh, I think we're going to leave this baby right there. Come on up and let's surround Aaron and we're going to, I'm going to invite you to stand as well, wherever you are. Yeah, yeah. I have to check the ballots first here. And why don't you reach your, your, um, your handout here uh, for Aaron and you pray right along uh, with us and uh, I'll ask Herb and I'm going to ask Myra if the two of you would pray and then I will, I'll close up here in a minute. Just pray loudly if you would.
1: Father, we just thank you
0: for the heart of Aaron. That, Lord, you have called him to these dear folks. Mm -hmm. Lord, I pray as he goes to the 1040 window, Mm -hmm. that, Lord, you would be filling fresh and anew day by day as he goes to minister to these folks. That, Lord, he would learn the culture, learn the language, Mm -hmm. God, and that he would just be full of your spirit, that he might transform many by the renewing of the gospel Mm -hmm. to these dear ones. But mm-hmm. I thank you for Aaron and his heart and desire to serve you and Lord that he's been willing to um, step out and go to where you've called him Lord as he goes there um, just prepare the way um, work out the details of the, the going and the arriving and the connections with relationships mm-hmm. and learning language and Lord just mm-hmm. help all of that mm-hmm. to go smoothly given the strength um, when the times are challenging
1: Just continue to give him joy in the journey as he serves you there,
0: Lord. And, Jesus, we think of some of the grandkids, uh, unborn grandkids, of the people that Aaron already has relationship with and he will in the future. We pray that their lives would be incredibly different because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we thank you that, Lord Jesus, and Aaron could have stayed home and he could have used his college degree in other ways. And there's a place for that. And some of you call some of us to that. But, Lord, he heard a different calling, a different voice. And instead of just pursuing the American dream and uh, just kind of padding things for himself and for his future, he heard your voice to either go or to send. And, uh, Jesus, we, we just pray that you would use his obedience that there would be more and more worshipers around your throne forever and ever. And there would be people from many tribes and tongues. And that some of the people that Aaron prays for and that, and that come to know Christ through Aaron in the Mideast they would become disciple makers and that they would become missionaries to their own people near and that they would go far with the gospel as well so that uh, tribes that uh, we've never even heard of would be around your throne forever and ever and so Jesus we pray that you would use our obedience for your glory and we pray that you would use Aaron's obedience for your glory and for your pleasure and that all around the throne forever and ever would be men and women worshiping you in every tongue and from every tribe, all bragging and boasting and telling about the rescuer Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. 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 amen.